May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Recently, Father Michael and Deacon Melinda and Deacon Madeline and I and many other clergy in the diocese attended the clergy retreat at St. Anthony's. And living in Sanger, I often choose to travel through Reedley and Dinuba rather than 99 to get to Visalia and then on to Three Rivers. <coughs> and some of you here this morning will recognize the roads that Deacon Madeline and I traveled. We passed through Reedley on Button Willow. We got safely through the roundabout at Button Willow, at Dinuba Button Willow and Dinuba Avenue and continuing south on Button Willow. And suddenly there was a car with a loud roaring engine right behind me and tailgating. Now this is not a particularly a safe road for passing, as many of you may know. But suddenly this car pulled out and roared past me, and I could do nothing but maintain a safe speed as the car rushed past and on ahead, and only to have it stop at a stop sign as I pulled up right behind it. The car accelerated and it sped forward and I caught up with it when we reached Avenue 416. And there it was stopped at a red light. And it seemed to me that the only thing that he gained by his actions was anxiety. Rush, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. Our world today is so fast moving, we often forget to slow down and simply rest in the Lord. Consider going God's speed. And for Jesus, that was about three miles an hour. Take time to walk with him, to listen to him, to talk to him. And you could, you could rush past him, but he will never rush past you. Find time during the day to go God's speed, and you will find it refreshing and rewarding. This morning's Gospels lesson begins with John the Baptist in prison. And John was not afraid to proclaim his message to religious leaders who had come down to the river to investigate his preaching. They wanted to know why he was drawing such large crowds. And he was calling people to repent, to reform their lives in preparation for the arrival of the Messiah. He publicly called King Herod to repent, and that was why he was in prison. John challenged the authority of the king. He lost his freedom, and his words were silenced. There was no doubt that John was, what John was doing was what God had called him to do. But was the prophetic verse, voice of one crying in the wilderness, Repent, he cried out to those who came to hear him preach. Change your ways. The judgment of God, the day of wrath, is coming. And by the hundreds and by the thousands, people came to the river to step into the water asking for forgiveness. But not Herod or the religious Pharisees and Sadducees. This was not the King Herod who was the ruler at the time of the birth of Jesus. This was his son, Herod Antipas, who turned out to be just as bad as his father. 
and Herod Antipas had traveled to Rome, taking his sister-in-law along, and they had an affair. And when they returned to Jerusalem, he had his brother Philip killed, and then he married his sister-in-law. And John the Baptist condemned the king's behavior, and for that, John was placed in prison. No charges, no trial. John knew his prophetic career was over. There is one thing John wanted to know beyond a shadow of a doubt about Jesus. Was Jesus, his cousin, the long-expected Messiah? John remembered the baptism of Jesus. He remembered when the heavens opened and a voice called out, This is my son, with you I am well pleased. But he wanted to know for sure. John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, the miracles, the preachings, the crowds, the casting out of demons, the raising of Jairus' daughter. And John had heard all of the, that Jesus had done. The Jewish people looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one who would bring salvation. But they thought of the Messiah as a great king like David, a warrior who would restore Israel to its former glory. And John knew the prophecy of Isaiah. For Isaiah wrote, Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with the recompense of God, and he will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap with like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with, with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. John knew these verses, because Isaiah speaks of the one who is to come, the Messiah, the one who will perform miraculous signs. And as John sat in prison, he had some doubts concerning Jesus and wanted to verify the truth. So John sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we expect someone else? And this is how Jesus answered John's question. Go back and report to John that what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. And with all this evidence, Jesus' identity was obvious. If you sometimes doubt your salvation, the forgiveness of your sins, or God's work in your life, look at all the evidence found in Scripture and the changes in your life when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And to know this is to know God, to have no doubt 
that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus' answer to John was pointing out that what he was doing was only what God could do. The blind could see without surgery. The lame walked without months of therapy. And those who had, inc who had incurable le leprosy were made well. After three years of ministry, miracles proclaiming God's offer for forgiveness, and there were still those in the land of Israel who rejected Jesus. And they had him arrested. They pushed a crown of thorns down on his head, and they had him whipped and then crucified him on a Roman cross, and he died. And the Roman guard made sure by stabbing his heart and blood and water came out. Jesus was dead, and they buried him. All of this happened because the same religious leaders who heard John preaching at the river could not and would not believe that God would show up on earth in human flesh and bones. But he did. And three days after Jesus was buried with a Roman soldier at the tomb, he rose from death and he came back to life. And time and again, people saw him and they believed. After 40 days with his disciples, Jesus returned to heaven. In the Acts of the Apostles, we can read, the disciples were looking up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. This is the Advent season, the season leading up to Christmas, the season to prepare for the coming of Jesus into the world. It is a time of expectant waiting and preparation for both the celebration of the birth of Jesus at Christmas and the return of Jesus at the second coming. Let us pray. Almighty God, who sent your Son on that night so long ago in Bethlehem, bring us, like the shepherds, to worship him as the long-expected Messiah. Show us how to travel at your speed, spending quiet, contemplative moments in preparation for that moment when our eyes and hearts are opened to the true meaning of Christmas and in preparation for when Jesus will come again. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.